The following podcast may contain material that is not suitable for children. Yeah, like what is a date? What is dating? What is it for? Yeah, dating is so people can get to know each other. Yeah, it's a really important thing and it should be a really beautiful thing and a fun thing. What is dating? Are you asking like what is Christian dating or what is why would there world dating? Why should there be a difference? What's the point of dating? Dating is getting to know somebody to see if they would potentially be a good mate for you. All right, so what is dating? So I feel like dating is hanging out with a person with intention of like a feature. So it could be like two people. It doesn't have to be one person could consider it a date, another not. Like they're just like hanging out, but the other one's interested. So I don't think you have to like agree like, that that this is a date. What is dating? Um, I think dating is intentionally meeting up with another person because you're interested in finding out a little bit more about who they are and what they're like and whether. And I think, yeah, the more you date, it's about like exploring whether you want to keep getting to know that person. And then afterwards, it's like, do I want to spend the rest of my life getting to know that person? I think that's eventually what it is. Yeah. What is dating? Dating is hard. <laughs> um, dating is like a test run for eternal bliss. But I I feel like dating is something that should be leading to marriage. As you get older, you realize that it's not just fun and games, but it's, it's, it's a serious thing. So it's something you need to kind of figure out quickly. So you're not wasting the other person's time and you're not, um, kind of, I don't know, hurting yourself in the long run too. To me, dating is when you're interested in someone and you're just trying to get to know them better and uh, I feel like it's when you're going out and you're spending time with this person but you're not quite at the state where you're just seeing each other and on in a relationship. What is dating to you? For you personally? Dating is a way to I think early on in life to kind of figure out who you're looking for in a potential partner for life and I think as you find somebody that you're that you feel is a good match, it's kind of it's a way to get to know them and see is this person someone I want to spend the rest of my life with. I'm Mary Ashley Burton. I'm Lars Mara. This is the Fishers of Men podcast, brought to you by us at So Much Media. This podcast is about relationships and your walk with Jesus. It's about the true stories of Christian men and women's struggles with chastity, sex, marriage, and relationships in a post-Christian culture. So why are we doing this podcast? It's a good question. Uh, The better question is, what is dating? (laughs) So I guess you could say that we wanted to know, and so we started a podcast in order to figure it out. Right. But first... Maybe we should tell people who we are. (laughs) That might be useful, right? Nash, do you want to tell us a little bit about where you came from, your relationship status, your favorite wine? (laughs) Okay. So right off the bat, relationship status, single. Um, I'm originally from Kentucky. I have been in L.A. for the past three and a half years. Uh, Moved out here to be a writer, producer. My day job's a Spanish interpreter. And uh, I have never been let down by a Malbec. (laughs) Neither have I, really. (laughs) Unlike men. Unlike (laughs) men. I like my wine like I like my men. Mine. Aww. (laughs) That's cute. (laughs) So um, how about you? Where are you from? Well, my name is Laura. I was born in San Francisco. Go Warriors. I grew up in San Jose, and I came to L.A., about six years ago now, to pursue filmmaking, which found myself meeting you. I did, yeah. Yeah, because you came here in 2012. Yes. We both did a program called Act One in Hollywood, a premier filmmaker program for producers and writers. I did the producing track. I did the writing. And we met a couple years later, and 
we both really fell into this um, project because we were both going through some difficult times romantically. Yeah. Um, Mary Ashley, you came to me with this project. Do you want to talk about a little bit of how you came about it? Yeah. So I've always been really interested in Christian media that explores faith but isn't super preachy. And um, so I'd always wanted to do kind of an exploration of uh, people living their lives and uh, confronting questions, you know, some of even some of the really hard questions, um, because I know that that's real life. And um, we were talking about our romantic lives or lack thereof or lack thereof. And uh, I really thought that it would be a great web series and web series at the time I thought, well, this could be really accessible. It could be really cheap and easy to make. And I really wanted to call it Fishers of Men because I love that title. I think it's hilarious that Jesus said that because it can be (laughs) a euphemism. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then after we had the web series and then I tried to turn it into a TV pilot and then I have been trying to turn it into a feature. But along the way, we realized really probably a podcast was the best idea because it's the most accessible we can have people on to tell their real stories. I still am really passionate about using fictional storytelling for entertainment, but also so that people can connect with the characters and realize they're not alone and to you know, find beauty and meaning in stories. But through a podcast, we can have people come on and tell their real actual stories, which is very powerful. Right. It's more accessible. Yeah. But we still have the same goal, which is for our audience to know that they are not alone in their struggles. Exactly. Um, We wanted to create a space both um, offering that platform for people to just talk about their their stories, their struggles, um, to kind of tackle issues that the church church may not be doing at present. You know, there's not a lot of really great quote-unquote singles ministries that definitely that exist outside of just a mixer you know and I don't know if that's necessarily something to place a whole weight uh like a really great weight on the church but well really I mean we are the church exactly I mean I I feel like as participants of the church I think it's kind of it's been put on both of our hearts to kind of create this podcast as well as the rest of our um transmedia project um to address this issue and create a platform where people can dialogue in a non-judgmental space. In the end, we just want people to tell their stories. Mm-hmm. We want to share our hearts. We want to share our struggles. You know, we I really connected to this story because at the time, you know, I remember going through a really hard time and you came with me to visit my family and we were just walking around San Francisco and we were just kind of brainstorming and it felt mm-hmm. so great. Yeah. And in a lot of art that there becomes healing. And as a spoken word artist, I remember I love going to the Poetry Lounge, for example, down on Fairfax and Melrose, and just hear strangers, frankly, come up onto that stage. And for three minutes, they have the stage and they have the listening ears of a sympathetic room and they have nothing but love. And I want that for our audience. I want that for this podcast. I want people to be able to basically have their quote-unquote stage Mm. and... Just have and and for people to connect and realize that wow I am not alone exactly in, yeah. in in my struggle whatever shame or guilt I feel or whatever you know thing that I think I'm I'm lacking you know there are other people that feel this way and in the end we want the gospel to reign and to realize uh, for people to realize that they are loved and, yeah and, and God's mercy is for everyone exactly and there's it's crazy because there's an extreme amount of shame that basically anyone could feel like in any situation. So basically this podcast was created to examine a topic of discussions like dating, sex, singleness, marriage, relationships, and not purely romantic relationships, but just how we connect to people, Mm -hmm. how we, how we daily interact with one another. Identity. These are the things that we really want to talk about from a myriad of different perspectives, just to be transparent. You know, Mary Ashley and I come from fairly conservative backgrounds, both theologically and politically. But in the end, well, also she's Catholic. Uh, Yeah. And I'm Protestant. (laughs) Um, But we really, our goal, our goal really for this podcast is to bring so many people and so many voices to the forefront and just to have that honest, loving dialogue 
And I think that could be really powerful. And we also um, want to bring on, you know, experts, filmmakers, authors, musicians, so that we can really explore this in depth and explore, you know, what does the church teach about this? What does the Bible say about this? And the, like you said, the resources for singles, it's not just, you know, a lack of singles ministry. It's also really a lack of instruction, really like, you know, there really aren't that many books compared to how many books are there for, you know, having a great marriage, which is, it's great and wonderful, definitely needed, not trying to knock those beautiful marriage books, but in comparison, singles are often left out. Well, singles of our type, I feel like it's yeah. different to have singles to be a when teenager. you're 19, yeah. 20, 21, versus now when we are getting later. As a generation, we're, it's, we're taking longer to get married. You yeah. know, you and I, we're in our 30s, we're still single. And that's okay. Like, in the end, this podcast is not about, Well, you're, like, you're in a relationship, though. I am. I am in a great relationship. But still, we're unmarried. We're unmarried yeah. in our 30s. And, you know, 20 years ago, it's That would not like, have happened. What's wrong with you? Yeah. But right now, I just feel like... We would have already reconciled ourselves to being old maids. Yeah, we're spinsters at 27. Yeah. <laughs> but that's... It's different now. So... But even still, you know, even though the culture has changed, church culture hasn't changed all that much because I still feel like in the atmosphere of the church, if you aren't married by 27, there's still this spinstery, you know, like Mm. what's wrong with you, at least, especially in the Catholic church, because it's like either you get married or you choose to become a nun pretty early on. And so if you don't make either of those decisions, it's like, okay, well, what are you doing with your life? Like, what's wrong with you? Right. Why, why don't you have a husband, or why haven't you just gotten with the program and gone to join the comet? Right, right, right. <laughs> and, and that's the other thing about this podcast. It's um, also examining those singles in this generation, you know, between 30s and 40s, frankly, 30s through 50s that are still single. And I want to tell you all, it's okay. Yeah. And I think that we need to tell that to each other more often. It's okay to be single. I mean, and that's Paul. not our entire identity. Yeah, either. Paul talks about how great a single person can serve the church. Yeah. You know, we recognize that, like Mary Ashley, you know, you've wanted to be a mother since... Totally, since forever. Since forever, yeah. you know, and I've always wanted to be married too, but I don't think either of us would exchange the 20s that we had because we got to explore the world and we got to do all these cool things that... Yeah. That, yeah, would I have liked to have a partner in crime or, you know, a husband to do that with... Sure, of course, but the fact is, I I love how my life has played out, and in the end, I think God's grace shows me every day that He has perfect timing for yeah. everything. Yeah, for sure. You know, and if I got what I wanted when I wanted it at nineteen, I don't know. I, yeah, you know. And that's one thing I, I really I do regret because I did have so many opportunities when I was in my twenties, you know, to travel to study, to basically form my life however I want it. But the whole time, basically, I was pining away and Mm. only focused on the lack. Mm. Uh, You know, only focused on, oh, but I'm single and poor me and the guy that I like doesn't like me. Right. Like, basically the whole time. I mean, like, I don't want to say the biggest reason why I went to grad school, but part of the reason why I went to grad school was I thought, like, oh, okay, well, this it just makes sense that I would go to grad school and meet my future husband. Like, that just makes sense. Right. (laughs) Well, it's funny that you say that because, you know, a lot of the time when I was 20s, I was trying to get over, like, a childhood sweetheart situation, and I just felt like I never got over it. So I did a lot of traveling in my 20s, honestly thinking, like, well, maybe I'll find somebody while I'm traveling. Oh, everywhere that I ever went. Yeah, it's like, oh, maybe God had me go here. around the corner. (laughs) He's waiting. Right. And, you know, I I couldn't ask for a better partner now that that I'm with this wonderful guy. And you know now that it it was at the right time. It was right at the time. Lots of stuff Mm -hmm. happened up to now. Yeah. That had to happen, kind of. And part of it was also this podcast, you know, yeah. all the heartbreak <laughs> that you and I have been through. Totally. Um, this is our second moment. No, I'm just kidding. We don't <laughs> believe in revenge. <clears throat> <laughs> or not. Um, well, anyways, getting back to the podcast. <laughs> 
um, we really do want to examine all of our topics under three lenses. One is our own experience. You know, we believe in the importance of sharing stories, and it starts with our own. That goes along with our peers as well, you know, what we're hearing from our friends and our peer group and, you know, all the millennials. You know, we're, we're sharing a lot of new struggles when it comes to marriage and singleness that, you know, like 20 years ago may not have existed. Mm -hmm. Secondly, we want to bring in the experts, um, whether that's a Christian influencer, a cultural influencer, whether it's a specific person or even a show that's really popular and that's how people are kind of learning about society mm -hmm. by, you know, their construct social construction of reality. Boom. Bringing yeah. out a media term. Ah, oh, yeah. And third, um, what does the Bible and or church say about this stuff? Because, again, I don't think it's necessarily the failing of the church that hasn't brought more of this into light for platforms to talk about. But I think it is neglected in a sense. But I, I think that's partly because we don't really have, know how to talk about it, you yeah. know? And that's okay, because then it gives us the opportunity to do that for them. Right. Really, the church, in a way, doesn't know how to address it. Right. And there are some things that common lay people have to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like, we can't just sit around and, and expect the church to n read our minds and meet all of our needs and everything like that. So getting back to the topic at hand, mm -hmm. now that you know a little bit about where we're coming from, the question right now is... What is dating? What is dating? And why is this, why are we even having to ask this question? All right. So Mary Ashley and I took our field recorders around to all of our friends and just people that we happened to be hanging out with in the last month and kind of asked the question, what is dating? And I got to tell you people, no one knows. No one knows. I mean, or, well, what was really interesting is that to the first question that we asked what is dating people generally could come up with a pretty solid definition um which was pretty similar all around like yeah. the people that I talked to were more or less in agreement that dating it is meeting romantically with the potential for something more and intentional a lot of people use the word intentional yeah yeah a lot of people did did say that um, but as soon as we started asking follow-up questions, like, mm. so, okay, so what is a date? How do you define a date? How do you know if you're on a date? Do you ask, to the guys we asked, you know, do you use the word date when you ask someone out? Mm -hmm. Then it was all over the map. Yes. And it's just so clear that there is so much confusion out there. Right. And to further the confusion, the another follow-up question was, well, what's the difference between a date versus just hanging out? Yeah. And more crickets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and these were things that people were really, really struggling. And it was really funny because in group situations, you know, I took my recorder and several very passionate discussions <laughs> got started mm -hmm. just because of these questions. Yeah. Um, because there are just so many so many different opinions and it's really interesting because I think probably even a generation ago I mean even like half a generation ago there probably was not so much confusion right we asked pastor John Rittner of Ecclesia what he thought well I think the first thing to remember about dating is dating is really kind of a modern invention I mean maybe even in the last 50 70 years or so um, you know for thousands of years um a man and a woman got together based on their family interests or, or the decision that their parents made to arrange their marriage, and they made it work for better or for worse. Uh, even our grandparents, my grandparents' generation, married 50-plus years, uh, never really considered uh, the, the myth of compatibility that we buy into now, that every relationship uh, needs to be based on whether or not uh, two people are compatible, and that dating is a, a long-term process of finding someone that I'm perfectly compatible with, somehow my soulmate. Uh, I think they got into dating much more of a, a life arrangement and realized that for uh, many women, even uh, in the 20s, 30s, 40s, it was the way that they got out of their home and uh, began to make a new life with someone else. So I think it's gotten a little bit of a bad rap in Christian circles that um, dating has become 
something that uh, maybe Christians don't do or are not supposed to do because it's cultural. But I think dating actually is an incredibly healthy process for an individual, not necessarily to uh, get to know who they're going to marry, but to get to know themselves better and to really understand who they are in the process as they interact with others. And so I encourage uh, people to date and encourage people to, to date many different kinds of people to learn more about themselves, actually. I mean, you talk about uh, Aziz Ansari's mm-hmm. book, Modern, Modern Romance. Romance. Yeah. Uh, we loved it. We both read it. And, you know, even though it's coming from a secular point of view, I think it's very valid. A lot of the points that he made regarding texting, mm-hmm. changing the game, online dating, changing totally the game. Changing. Yeah. I think it's really a frustrating time to be a single person right now. You know, I like the idea of being single in theory. You know, that's like, oh, you meet a bunch of different people, you get to know them. When you meet someone you really like, you kind of pursue a deeper thing. That, that sounds cool. I would sign up for that. But that's not what being single is anymore now. Like, this is, this is what being single is now. Like, hey, it was great meeting you. We should get together sometime. Yeah, they'd be great. Be in touch. All right, cool. Bye. <laughs> hey, what's up? Should we grab a drink tonight? Yeah, yeah. I'm with some friends in this neighborhood. Oh, cool. We'll be down there soon. Can't wait to see you. All right, cool. Bye. <laughs> hey, what's up? We're almost... We just left. Why? Why did you just leave? <laughs> so rude. You knew I was on the way. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Maybe we can get a drink tomorrow. Tomorrow's perfect. Text it now and make a plan. All right, cool. Bye. Hey, what's up? Should we grab those drinks tonight? Oh, drank way too much last night. Gonna stay in today. That's not what was discussed yesterday. You need a transcript of our conversation? Scroll up on your phone. Maybe we can meet up on Tuesday. Tuesday's perfect. Text it down and make a plan. All right, cool. Bye. Hey, what's up? It's Tuesday. Should we get together today? And that's what being single is now. All that garbage. That's, that's what it's become. It's, it's pretty much now a lot of times like you're a secretary for this really shoddy organization scheduling the dumbest with the flakiest people ever. There are these rules and... But know. rules that aren't defined. It's not like we're, we're all playing on the same playing field. Exactly. And I think that in the end, that's really down. That is the root of the confusion. We don't have a standard definition of what dating is because yeah. one person can think they're, you know, you're on a date and the other person is like, no, we were, that was, we were totally just friends. And, yeah. you know, I think you're really nice, but no, I'm not interested in you like that. Friend zoned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, you know, you can be hanging out and be in a pretend relationship. You can be, mm-hmm. you know, being physical with someone and not dating them. Um, oh, that's the worst. Yeah. Um, maybe I'll play a clip from Pastor John Rittner of Ecclesia, the church I go to. But he made a good point about just f- being physical. I mean, there's a whole component to being emotionally intimate versus physically intimate. But it's like even holding hands and, you know especially if you go to like kissing or making out, it's like there's some unspoken bond or some unspoken, not promise, but there's some something there that... Your body's saying. That is, yeah, that there's yeah. some commitment there that one person, uh, one person or the other may confuse. And so what happens when I think when people get hurt is that you tend to lead with commitment rather than leading with this other process of connection, chemistry, character, conflict. Those things are all things that can happen without any formal commitment. But we, I think, live in a culture that emphasizes um, physical intimacy uh, very early in relationships, and that physical bond becomes a bond of commitment that's very difficult to break. I think that makes sense, you know? Like, you're not just going to go around, I mean... I know people do this, the whole friends with benefit thing, mm-hmm. but but it's like, especially as Christians, I'm not saying Christians are perfect at this, but especially as Christians, you would assume that we would have a better sense of self-control or, or definition. Intentionality. Of, yeah. You know, and <laughs> yeah. it's... Because people said that they wanted to be intentional, but when we asked sort of the quote-unquote real world questions we found that there actually was a lack of intentionality, you know, Mm -hmm. because like in one breath, the guys might say, oh, I try to be really intentional when I ask a girl that I'm interested in. But then we're like, okay, well, how does she know? Mm -hmm. Do you sort of date? And they're like, no. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) So and then we talked to the women and they were like, oh, yeah, you know, I've been on so many non dates. And it's, 
actually really great when the guy clarifies. But then we talk to guys that were like, oh, no, you know, I try not to be that forward. Uh, Dating to me would be an experiment to figure out experiment in figuring out uh, if you're compatible with someone. How does that look, though? You ask a girl on a date and use the word date, or what's the difference between date and hanging out? Is there a difference? Uh, yes. A date is intentionally uh, pursuing someone in a romantic way. How do you know you're on a date? I mean, do pe- do guys need to say, we're going on a date? Or are you in this confusing state space like... Mary Ashley and I had been in of, is this a date or not? <laughs> yeah, that is something that's very confusing. Uh, I've had a, a number of different, like, coffee non-dates is the <laughs> is the shorthand that I'll often use. Um, it is helpful when a guy makes his intentions clear so you're not stuck trying to figure that out. What's the difference between dating and hanging out? And, like, how do you know when you're on a date? I guess it would depend on how clear you are with your communication with the other person. Um, I think when you're hanging out, you're obviously you're just being friends. Um, but I think intention is a big part of it. You know, you, if you're on a date, it should be clear to both sides that you're on a date. You know, you ask the person out specifically in the beginning or, you know... You know, if you're on Tinder, uh, like a bunch of LAers, then you know exactly what you're doing because that's what you went to Tinder to find. So if you're going to go on a date, make it clear to the person that you are taking them out or you're being taken out. Dating is supposed to be um, something that you do when you're trying to get to know somebody. And when a guy asks me out on a date, I'm expecting that he wants to date me because he wants to get to know me. Number one, he's attracted to me. Number two, he likes me. There are things about me that, that he likes. Number three, he wants to get to know me. He wants to spend time with me. But that it doesn't always work out that way. And that's the confusing part. It's like, what was the point? We just hung out once and then you disappeared? And then you call like a month later, it's like, where have you been for the last four weeks? And there's nothing wrong. But it's like, these are very, very unhealthy situations, I think, for women who are um, very um, committed about being in love and finding um, a good man and getting to know somebody, dating, being in a loving relationship, and ultimately getting married. But when you're dating guys that are dishonest about their intentions, vague, about their intentions, do not state their intentions. They like to confuse and blow smoke, but then their actions are different. And then, but they, their their attraction is very clear to you that they are really into you. That you move them, and then when there's a disappearance, there's a sense of abandonment. Then it creates like mistrust. It's very difficult to trust again. And then if it happens again, again and again, guy, guy after guy, for a single female, it gets very tiring and it gets very, um, starts to somehow inadvertently affect your self-esteem, which is not fair because if you're a good woman and you're accomplished and you're intelligent and you're this and that, you should not have low self-esteem. And these are the types of questions that I think men need to be held accountable for. Why do you say things that you don't mean? Are you excited? Are you confused? Are you, do you have amnesia? Are you partially retarded? Or are you just a straight out liar? <laughs> are you are you evil? <laughs> are you a monster? Are you bipolar or are you okay? <laughs> split personalities? Yeah. Do not <laughs> Do you have a do you have a split personality? Do you have a dual um, you know? So I think they, I don't think men understand how like okay, men men say women are crazy. We think they're psycho too. Definition of dating has evolved to the point where now it needs to be intentional. Now that, that's not a bomb you drop on your first date, obviously, right? It's not the, the, the easiest topic to talk about, but at least from, from, from my perspective, it has to be intentional. I, it becomes a day when I call it a day. If I invite somebody out for coffee, it's just, it's not a date. Okay. It's to hang out, get to know each other. But if I invite somebody else, I'd like to go out with you, then I would make sure that there is very clearly that there is a romantic element behind it. So how would you make sure that's clear? Right. Dinner, I pay for dinner. 
something a bit more romantic, something that clearly, dif- something that is not hanging up with somebody out at a coffee shop. So a coffee shop is never a date? Unless I explicitly call it a date. But how are you going to do it? That's what she's asking you. What would it be? No, no, no. How are you going to specify that that could be a date? Oh my gosh. I'm interested in you. I like you. I'd like to go out with you. Would Mexico's, you like to have coffee? No, because you're saying a coffee will not be a date. What would be a date no, I'm to you? I'm just saying that unless I I specify what my intention. So you could you could say potentially you you could say like I really like you and I'm interested in you. Let's go have coffee, and that yes. to you is a date. Yes, absolutely. As opposed to no. as opposed to hey, you, you doing anything? Let's go hang out. Do you ask women out? on a specific like you use the word date or sometimes that i do try to be intentional as much as possible with it um but at the same time i think uh at least in my mind there's a feeling that if you're over intentional that's a little bit frightening to women if you're like very like i want to date you or something like that you have uh, I, at least what i have experienced is you need to be not quite as forth forthright or forthcoming about that. There's nothing better than a man taking leadership. What's the difference between dating and hanging out? That's a really frustrating uh, question because I feel like most uh, guys especially don't know the difference between it. There is definitely a difference between dating and hanging out. Dating's you know, somebody that you're interested in, like, could this be a potential relationship in the future? Hanging out is more of like a friend type thing and stuff, but sometimes friendships can turn and involve into more. It just depends on the, the person. Sometimes it can just happen eventually. And everybody's cheering them on. the word date is also this scary thing. Yeah, it has such a stigma attached attached for it. Yeah, for like, reason. people can't just go on a date and then that be like, oh, we went on like, a date. Right, and, and, it, and there was no pressure and it wasn't yeah. weird. Yeah, and, and I think that is why guys, or even girls, of course, I don't mean to make this all one-sided, but from people I talk to, it's like, guys don't want to use the word date because they want people getting the wrong impression. But I'm like... They don't want to scare someone Yeah, it's okay for you to call it a date and then not have a ring on the other side (laughs) of that. You know, it's You're not getting married tomorrow. Yeah, dating used to be such a different thing, I feel like, back in the day. When I know somebody that... One of the rules for her mom was like, you you are not allowed to go on a date with the same boy twice in a row. You'd You'd have to date you know, different guys in between so that you wouldn't get, just get attached to one. Yeah. I mean, the point of dating and its purest form, I feel like, is really trying, uh, you know, I don't want to say trying out people, but in, in a sense, in a non-sexual sense. Well, yeah. Yeah, trying, trying to figure out what personalities flow with yeah. you, blah, blah, blah. Ver- versus figure today. out yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Versus today, it's like dating somehow connotes sex, too, in just like the secular sense of like casual dating in its... It's like people are sleeping around and trying out people that way, and that makes it so confusing on so many levels. Um, right, because I, I, what we were talking about, the whole non-dating thing, that seems to be especially bad in the Christian mm. community. But if you're also trying to date in the secular world, it's like two completely different ball games. Yeah. Well, they overlap a, a they lot. They overlap as well, a lot as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, they totally. They definitely do overlap a lot. But it's everything is very unclear in terms of what people are even wanting when they date. So, um, part of our research was asking our friends and taking our recorders out. But also, we created subreddits, and one of the questions was, "How do you date if Jesus has to come along?" <laughs> Which we thought was pretty funny. And we had a myriad of various responses that I think were pretty on point. Some yeah. were funny, some were sad, you know, but kind of what do you expect? Um, yeah, we so we made a subreddit on both the uh, Christianity subreddit. And I posted on the Catholicism and then found out that there's an entire Catholic dating Reddit community that I didn't even know about. Mm -hmm. And actually they're very organized and they did their own study of their users. Very organized. Like the union for daters. (laughs) 
I mean, that, I guess that just goes to show you how serious Catholics are about dating or how important it is to us, I guess. Yeah, well, for those that are not Catholic, like, when you told this part to me, I was kind of blown away just because I didn't realize how serious it was, you know? So do you kind of want to go over, like, the whole vocation thing? Because I yeah, like me, I didn't understand what that meant. Yeah, so Catholics definitely threw around the word vocation a lot. It can mean just what God wants for you um, in terms of a calling, you know, like you can be called to be a plumber or you can be called to be an actress or whatever, and that can be your vocation. But more often we talk about vocation in terms of are you going to be a priest or a nun or are you going to be married? Mm. Often when, especially a guy, if he says, I'm quote unquote discerning my vocation, that means he's thinking about becoming a priest or it could mean that he's just trying to avoid a commitment. <laughs> that's, that's actually like a really common um, joke that where, you know, a guy will lead you on because he's, quote, discerning his, mm-hmm. he's discerning. Mm-hmm. And really he just wants to kind of play the field, but in an innocent way. Mm-hmm. Um, or have, you know, have a fake girlfriend and have that emotional intimacy. Yeah, I mean, and uh, this extra special interest of Catholics, I think, partially stems from the pressure that we were talking about before from the community of, you know, feeling like there's something wrong with you if Mm -hmm. you aren't married right after college, Mm -hmm. basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so one of the things, one of the comments that we got that was on this survey, and they had a beautiful PowerPoint, very well organized. (laughs) I was so surprised. Um, But someone said that there's really a lack of honest dialogue about the struggles that men and women go through in today's dating culture from a young age. You know, people often have a great faith foundation um, and even a great academic foundation, but then they go off to college or they start their career and they are ready to date, but they really do not know how. And then they start feeling... They, quote, wallow in misery, wanting to love someone, but never knowing where or how to start. This ending up being desperate and showing it, which worsens the problem. Mm. So it's like we just doing relationship, you know, like we know what a godly relationship is supposed to look like, but how to actually get there, it seems like there's just this great disconnect. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and after talking to people and reading our Reddit comments, we had a, a sense of what was really happening in yeah. our culture, at least in our immediate environment in L.A., in, you know, I guess you can call it a subgroup of who we hang out with. But basically, there is a definite disconnect between men and women and their notions of what it means to date, how to be a man, how to be a woman, Especially when we live in this like feminism, yeah, the expectations for the other as well. Yeah, you know, like in, you know, when you talk about feminists, like, do I want a guy to open my door? I'm an independent woman; I can do my own do stuff. Do I want and, a guy to, to make the first move or to pay? Yeah, and it's very confusing because um, it's conf- so much so that we want to do an entire episode on how feminism has affected dating and yeah, relationships totally. and all that. But that's later down the line. One thing that kept popping up. Uh, on these threads that I have seen so much in my own life. So this was really reassuring to me that it really is not just me is uh, the women saying that they want the guys to leave. But then the guys also saying that they want women to make the first move. Mm. And uh, the guys are, are kind of scared to keep putting themselves out there and they have to go through a lot of rejection. Mm. And then there's also the problem of, you know, finding someone that you're attracted to finding someone that practices the way you do, you know, if you're conservative, finding someone who's equally as conservative or as equally as liberal as you are. And then, you know, a very big thing that the women kept saying was, you know, finding guys that are willing to wait until marriage because that's a value that they have. And the internet, I think, has not helped at all Mm. in this. No, not at all. (laughs) Uh, Well, I mean, and I'm, mean that just in dating not in terms of sex but uh, you know but uh, when you say uh, the internet like online dating yeah or like apps now I guess would be more appropriate to say but yeah yeah you know there's a psychological phenomenon about how 
the more options are presented to you, yeah. the less happy you are. Yeah. Or and the less able you are to really make a decision even. Right. And I feel like that's so crippling. You know, when we live in a city of over 7 million people and we have so many choices. Yes. Yeah. Um, actually, you know, in all honesty, within the places that we live, like, I feel like there wasn't a whole lot of choices. (laughs) Like, the very specific... that's the conundrum. Well, it's the intentionality, too. Like, if you're just planning, you want to just date anybody. Like, And then that's that's another thing that came up in the Reddits, too, of, you know, often you're going to church in a pretty small community, Mm -hmm. even if you live in a big city. Mm. And so you don't necessarily want to make a move Mm. on someone because then people are going to insinuate things Mm -hmm. or, you know, you don't want people getting the wrong impression or you don't want to ruin your friendship because you pretty Christians are the worst we'll probably have mutual friends yes yeah (laughs) you know totally and especially when you know relationships that's like the number one thing that everybody wants to know about Mm -hmm. because you know sometimes it seems like that's the only thing that matters like that's our only value as humans that's our identity yeah (laughs) when really our identity should be in Christ secure in Christ yeah Yeah. of course I'm saying that knowing that I don't do that well either I'm not 100% on that yeah but that's okay. I think it's okay to say that because we're all we're all here. We're all doing the thing and we're all trying to make it work. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then also there's the other issue that that we've experienced, which is being older, needing to have our career, just economic necessity. Like mm-hmm. we need to make our own money. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we also need to have networking and professional relationships. Mm. And there are so many blurry lines that come oh, with yeah. that. You know, like I've been on so many. I networking day, you know it's like well when you get drinks with someone it's like are we networking drinks are we getting to know you drinks mm-hmm. are we dating drinks mm-hmm. are we possibly networking and maybe dating drinks are we you know like are we combining all of them or you know like exactly how should I ask and you know yeah. what should I be trying to expect from this I feel like this culture now of dating has made a generation of basically cowards yeah I include myself in that me too there's nothing that I'm saying on this podcast that excludes myself (laughs) you know but uh you know going back to Aziz Ansari again love his book I totally recommend it modern romance Mm -hmm. um he talks about having no universally accepted standard what dating means so even from someone who doesn't have any necessarily religious affiliation I mean we are all confused on the subject and when you bring in networking and business you know Mm -hmm. like especially in a in an industry like ours where so much of our business happens you know the filmmaking world Mm -hmm. with networking and you all of a sudden have this similar interest in wanting to make great art and you know Mm -hmm. you know we we all tend to be like kind of passionate people and like you know it's really easy to kind of be attracted to that and, and then kind of wonder like well this is our fourth drinks <laughs> over the same project. Like, uh, what is is this? Like, is there more? <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, I, I have even been guilty of doing the, like, well, let me send you this script so that... <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's, let's get together and talk about our projects and right. with ho- the hope that it's something more... Yeah, I mean, that's one thing that we definitely have to learn. We being me, I, I have to learn better about... Uh, Defining. Of just kind of realizing that I can't control things yeah. the same way that I would want to as a producer. Right. You know, and you are also similar <laughs> yeah. temperament. Like, we want to control everything. But I think that... I want things to happen now. Yes. Thank you. And surrendering that God has a better plan for us, even mm-hmm. if we don't know that at the time. And I feel like that can be such a cop-out for people that have been longing for something for so long and been praying for it for so long. Like, what do you say to those people? You know, I I don't know that I have any words of wisdom for you other than I would want to give you a hug because in the end, sometimes the words seem hollow when it, when you're talking to somebody and they're like, pray for it or, Mm. you know, like, Oh God has your perfect time. I know that can sound so God has a plan for you condescending sometimes, but you're not alone. I just want to repeat that. You're not alone in feeling that way. Yeah, and one thing we we do really want to explore singlehood more in depth as we as we want to explore all relationships, but um, especially we want to explore how to live as a single person and not hate your life, right? And not hate God. <laughs> and not hate God. Yeah. Well, 
let's jump then to what does the Bible say about this stuff? Yeah, let's do it. Because I'm pretty sure there is no passage talking about dating in L.A. in 2016. Yeah. Did I miss that part? (laughs) Well, considering that dating, as we know it, only just got invented. (laughs) Really? I know. Totally, right? You know, basically in the blink of an eye in terms of human history. Right. It was like yesterday. Well, let me go ahead and read a passage out of Corinthians. I'm going to use the message just because it's fun. (laughs) I do recommend the King James, though. Okay. (laughs) But here we go. I want you, this is Paul talking, I want you to live as free of complications as possible. When you're unmarried, you're free to concentrate on simply pleasing the master. Marriage involves you in all the nuts and bolts of domestic life and in wanting to please your spouse, leading to so many more demands on your attention. The time and energy that married people spend on caring for and nurturing each other, the unmarried can spend in becoming whole and holy instruments of God. I'm trying to be helpful and make it as easy as possible for you not make things harder. All I want is for you to be able to develop a way of life in which you can spend plenty of time together with the master without a lot of distractions. So that is really beautiful in sentiment. And I know maybe some of you out there are rolling your eyes. (laughs) But this is what the Bible says. It says that as single people, there are good and virtuous and honorable things to that. Yeah. You are not complete just because you have a spouse. That doesn't make you complete. Yeah, that's not the measure of your worth. Exactly. And in the same way, if you are married, this is not putting that down either. Yeah. I think in the very end, it's about where has God put you in your life's journey? Married, single, divorced, searching, whatever it is, you know, God is still with you. God is still walking. We can still serve him in honoring him wherever we are. Yeah, and what really matters is the measure of how much we love and how well we're serving God. So that's our first podcast. Thank you for listening. So that is episode one of Fishers of Men, a podcast about relationships and your walk with Jesus. If you have any questions or comments or feedback, please email us at fishersofmenpodcast at gmail.com or find us at Facebook under Fishers of Men. You can also find us on Twitter at LA Gone Fishing. And before we actually close, I'd like us to kind of share our real life dating moment. Oh. <laughs> okay. Um, so I basically only have funny and tragic stories when it comes to dating. Um, <laughs> Don't we all, darling? But I guess uh, the most recent thing is I was at a party. And I was talking to this guy. I wasn't super interested in him, but um, but he seemed to be interested in me. And he works in the wine industry, and so he actually wrote his number on a cork and gave it to me, which I was actually pretty impressed by. But then at the end of the party, you know, I was leaving, and I was talking to the host, and I said, oh, yeah, that guy gave me his number on this cork. And she was like, Oh, he's seeing someone. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, uh, you know, Gross. I mean, that, that was, I mean, it would have been great in theory. I mean, you know, cause like I wasn't even super interested, but you know, writing your number on a quirk is pretty suave, I guess. It would have been a good story. Would have been a good story. Oh, I guess it's still a good story. Well, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Cautionary tale story. <laughs> I, I get. I mean, don't always accept any number that comes written on a cork. <laughs> hmm, that's a good one. Yeah. Okay. Um, what about you? Well, I also have variety of tragic instances. Maybe I'll save those for later. I actually want to tell a hopeful story then. Okay. So I went on a date two and a half years ago on Star Wars Day. And it was with a friend of mine who, I guess, for a year, I'm not really sure if it was, like, even that long, but for a while, had, I guess, liked me. Yeah. I was so oblivious to it until he called me one day and asked to go on a date. Now, ladies, he called me. Yeah. He didn't text me. mm -hmm. He used the word date. Yeah. And how could I not say yes? Right. So I decided to go, and he picked me up. He paid for dinner. He did a real date. I was so impressed. 
It's so funny how low are our standards now. That, <laughs> I know. That just doing like what used to be standard is super impressive now. I know. Maybe that's why I freaked out. And yeah. maybe it's yeah. just like, oh, You're I'm like, not oh, good no, enough for this. This is too real. And basically, ladies, I will tell you, I did the dumbest thing. I At the end of our date, I basically sitting in the car after he was dropping me off at home, I basically said, so I think we're just going to stay friends it was mm. awful and shot him down totally shot him down before he can ask me out again because yeah. I think you know in retrospect I think I was really scared of yeah. just letting a good guy in in I don't know <laughs> yeah. what is that about we need to do an entire totally. episode about that yeah anyway two and a half years later you know there had been various things happening in my life I've gone through two horrible breakups but all the while there's this guy hanging in the background the and he was he still stayed a really good friend of mine yeah and somehow last year just out of almost nowhere it was just kind of this moment where I was like wow maybe maybe there's something there mm. maybe and I was still really putting it you know at a distance but to make a long story short, I guess it's not that long of a story, but to make it shorter, two and a half years later, he comes to my work after we've been kind of hanging out, quote unquote, realizing something was there. But he he did the Ted Mosby thing. He did the big gesture. He surprised me at work and we took a walk and he had the speech planned. He had note cards, right? He had note cards. <laughs> he asked to hold my hand. Oh. Very much was a breath of fresh air. We are now together, which is very exciting because when we were telling people about it, not that we were telling people, but when people found out, they were like, oh, finally. It's like this collective sigh of relief happened across the board for all of our mutual friends. Like, gosh, that definitely was about to happen. So, yeah, ladies, um, sometimes the right person can be in front of you the whole time. Well, not just ladies. And men, and men, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Ladies and men, the right person. <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> might be there. So, Derek Sams, thank you for uh. you. <laughs> anyway, that is our podcast. So, find us on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear about any topics you want to attack. And until next time, keep swimming. like to extend a very special thanks to everyone who allowed us to interview them and use their voices on the air. You can find us on the web at www.fishersofmenpodcast.com. This podcast was recorded in Los Angeles, California by So Much Media. Theme music by Melody Mahalski.